Unbound Theatre presents Sounds and Sweet Airs, the complete works of William Shakespeare. King John, Act One. Now say, Chatillon, what would France with us? Thus, after greeting, speaks the King of France in my behavior to the majesty, the borrowed majesty of England here. A strange beginning, borrowed majesty. Silence, good mother. Hear the embassy. Philip of France, in right and true behalf of thy deceased brother Geoffrey's son, Arthur Plantagenet, lays most lawful claim to this fair island and the territories to Ireland, Poitiers, Anjou, Touraine, Maine, desiring thee to lay aside the sword which sways usurpingly these several titles and put these same into young Arthur's hand, thy nephew and right royal sovereign. Hmm. What follows if we disallow of this? the proud control of fierce and bloody war, to enforce these rights so forcibly withheld. Here have we war for war and blood for blood, controlment for controlment. So answer, France. Then take my king's defiance from my mouth, the farthest limit of my embassy. Bear mine to him, and so depart in peace. Be thou as lightning in the eyes of France, for ere thou canst report, I will be there. The thunder of my cannon shall be heard. So hence, be thou the trumpet of our wrath and sullen presage of your own decay. An honorable conduct let him have. Pembroke, look to it. Farewell, Chatillon. What now, my son? Have I not ever said how that ambitious Constance would not cease till she had kindled France and all the world upon the right and party of her son? This might have been prevented and made whole with very easy arguments of love, which now the manager of two kingdoms must with fearful bloody issue arbitrate. Our strong possession and our right for us. Your strong possession much more than your right, or else it must go wrong with you and me. So much my conscience whispers in your ear, which none but heaven and you and I shall hear. My liege, here is the strangest controversy come from country to be judged by you. That ere I heard, shall I produce the men? Let them approach. Our abbeys and our priories shall pay this expedition's charge. Hmm. What men are you? Your faithful subject, I, a gentleman born in Northamptonshire, and eldest son, as I suppose, to Robert Falconbridge, a soldier, by the honour-giving hand of Cour de Leon, knighted in the field. Hmm. What art thou? The son and heir to that same Falconbridge. Is that the elder? And art thou the heir? You came not of one mother then, it seems. Most certain of one mother, mighty king. That is well known. And as I think, one father. But for the certain knowledge of that truth, I put you o'er to heaven. And to my mother, of that I doubt, as all men's children may. Out on thee, rude man! Dost thou shame thy mother, and wound her honour with this diffidence? Aye, madam. No, I have no reason for it. That is my brother's plea, and none of mine. Which, if he can prove, a pops me out at least from fair five hundred pound a year. 
Heaven guard my mother's honour and my land. <laughs> Good blunt fellow. Why, being younger born, doth he lay claim to thine inheritance? I know not why, except to get the land. But once he slandered me with bastardy. But whether I be as true begot or no, that still I lay upon my mother's head. But that I am as well begot, my liege. Fair fall the bones that took the pains for me. Compare our faces, and be judge yourself. If old Sir Robert did beget us both, and were our father, and this son like him, O old Sir Robert, father on my knee, I give heaven thanks I was not like to thee. Why, what a madcap hath heaven's lent us here? He hath a trick of Coeur de Lyon's face. The accent of his tongue affecteth him. Do you not read some tokens of my son in the large composition of this man? Mine eye hath well examined his parts, and finds them perfect, Richard. Sirrah, speak. What doth move you to claim your brother's land? My gracious liege, when that my father lived, your brother did employ my father much. Well, sir, by this you cannot get my land. Your tell must be how he employed my mother. And once dispatched him in an embassy to Germany, there with the emperor to treat of high affairs touching that time. The advantage of his absence took the king, and in meantime sojourned at my father's. Where how he did prevail, I shame to speak, but truth is truth. Large lengths of seas and shores between my father and my mother lay, as I have heard my father speak himself, when this same lusty gentleman was got. Upon his deathbed he by will bequeathed his lands to me, and took it on his death that this my mother's son was none of his. And if he were, he came into the world full fourteen weeks before the course of time. Then, good my liege, let me have what is mine, my father's land, as was my father's will. Sirrah, your brother is legitimate. Your father's wife did after wedlock bear him. And if she did play false, the fault was hers. Which fault lies on the hazards of all husbands that marry wives? Tell me, how if my brother, who, as you say took pains to get this son, had of your father claimed this son for his. In sooth, good friend, your father might have kept this calf bread from his cow from all the world. In sooth he might. Then, if he were my brother's, my brother might not claim him, nor your father. Being none of his, refuse him. This concludes. My mother's son did get your father's heir. Your father's heir must have your father's land. Shall then my father's will be of no force to dispossess that child which is not his? Of no more force to dispossess me, sir, than his will to get me, as I think. Whether hadst thou rather be a Falconbridge and like thy brother to enjoy thy land, or the reputed son of Coeur de Lyon, lord of thy presence and no land beside? Madam, and if my brother had my shape and I had his, Sir Robert's his like him, if my legs were two such riding rods, my arms such eel skin stuffed, my face so thin that in mine ear I durst not stick a rose, lest men should say, Look where three farthings goes. And to his shape, were heir to all his land, would I might never stir from off this place, I would give it to every foot to have his face. I would not be so knob in any case. I like thee well. Wilt thou forsake thy fortune, bequeath thy land to him, and follow me? I am a soldier, and now bound to France. Brother, you take my land, I'll take my chance. Your face hath got five hundred pound a year, yet sell your face for five pence, and tis dear. Madam, I'll follow you unto the death. Nay, I would have you go before me thither. Our country manners give our betters way. 
What is thy name? Philip, my liege. So is my name begun. Philip, good old Sir Robert's wife's eldest son. From henceforth bear his name, whose form thou bearst. Kneel thou down, Philip, but rise more great. Arise, Sir Richard and Plantagenet. The very spirit of Plantagenet. I am thy grandam, Richard. Call me so. Madam, by chance, but not by truth. What, though? Something about a little from the right, in at the window, or else o'er the hatch. Who dares not stir by day must walk by night, and have is have however men do catch. Near or far off, well one is still well shot, and I am I however I was begot. Come, madam, and come, Richard. We must speed for France, for France, for it is more than need. Brother, adieu. Good fortune come to thee, for thou wast got I the way of honesty. Foot of honour better than I was, but many a foot of land the worse. Well, now I can make any Joan a lady. Good then, Sir Richard, God a mercy fellow, and if this name be George, I'll call him Peter. For new-made honour doth forget men's names. Tis too respective and too sociable for your conversion. But this is worshipful society, and fits the mounting spirit like myself, for he is but a bastard to the time that doth not smack of observation. And so am I, whether I smack or no. I'm not alone in habit and device, exterior form, outward accoutrement, but from the inward motion to deliver sweet, sweet, sweet poison for the age's tooth. Which, though I will not practice to deceive, yet to avoid deceit, I mean to learn, for it shall strew the footsteps of my rising. Oh, me, is my mother. How now, good lady? What brings you here to court so hastily? Where is that slave, thy brother? Where is he that holds in chase mine honour up and down? My brother Robert. Old Sir Robert's son. Colbrand the giant, the same mighty man. Is it Sir Robert's son that you seek so? Sir Robert's son? Ay, thou unreverend boy, Sir Robert's son. Why scornst thou at Sir Robert? He is Sir Robert's son, and so art thou. Madam, I was not old Sir Robert's son. Sir Robert might have eat his part in me upon Good Friday, and ne'er broke his fast. Sir Robert could do well. Marry to confess, could he get me. Sir Robert could not do it. We know his handiwork. Therefore, good mother, to whom am I beholding for these limbs? Sir Robert never hoped to make this leg. Hast thou conspired with thy brother too, that for thine own gain shouldst defend mine honour? What means this scorn, thou most untoward knave? I have disclaimed, Sir Robert, and my land. Legitimation, name, and all is gone. Then, good my mother, let me know my father. Some proper man, I hope. Who was it, mother? Hast thou denied thyself a Falconbridge? As faithfully as I deny the devil. King Richard Coeur de Leon was thy father. By long and vehement suit I was seduced to make room for him in my husband's bed. Heaven lay not my transgression to my charge. Thou art the issue of my dear offence, which was so strongly urged past my defence. Some sins do bear their privilege on earth, and so doth yours. Your fault was not your folly. 
Needs must you lay your heart at his dispose, subjected tribute to commanding love, against whose fury and unmatched force the aweless lion could not wage the fight, nor keep his princely heart from Richard's hand. He that perforce robs lions of their hearts may easily take a woman's. Come, lady, I will show thee to my kin, and they shall say when Richard me begot, if thou hadst said him nay, it had been sin. Who says it was, he lies. I say twas not. Before Angie well met brave Austria, Arthur, that great forerunner of thy blood, Richard, that robbed the lion of his heart and fought the holy wars in Palestine by this brave duke, came early to his grave. And for amends to his posterity, at our importance, hither is he come to spread his colours, boy, in thy behalf, and to rebuke the usurpation of thy unnatural uncle, English John. Embrace him, love him, give him welcome hither. God shall forgive you, Coeur de Leon's death, the rather that you give his offspring life, shadowing their right under your wings of war, I give you welcome with a powerless hand, but with a heart full of unstained love. Welcome before the gates of Angie, Duke. A noble boy, who would not do thee right? Upon thy cheek lay I this zealous kiss, as sealed to this indenture of my love, that to my home I will no more return, till Angie and the right thou hast in France, together with that pale, that white-faced shore, whose foot spurns back the ocean's roaring tides and coops from other lands her islanders, even till that England, hedged in with the main, that water-walled bulwark, still secure and confident from foreign purposes, even till that utmost corner of the west, salute thee for her king. Till then, fair boy, will I not think of home, but follow arms. Oh, take his mother's thanks, a widow's thanks, till your strong hand shall help to give him strength to make a more requital to your love. The peace of heaven is theirs that lift their swords in such a just and charitable war. Well then, to work. Our cannons shall be bent against the brows of this resisting town. Call for our chiefest men of discipline to cull the plots of best advantages. We'll lay before this town our royal bones, wade to the marketplace in Frenchman's blood, but we will make it subject to this boy. Stay for an answer to your embassy, lest, unadvised, you stain your swords with blood. My Lord Chatillon may from England bring that right in peace, which here we urge in war, and then we shall repent each drop of blood that hot, rash haste so indirectly shed. A wonder, lady. Lo, upon thy wish, our messenger Chatillon is arrived. What England says, say briefly. Then turn your forces from this paltry siege and stir them up against a mightier task. England, impatient of your just demands, hath put himself in arms. The adverse winds whose leisure I have stayed have given him time to land his legions all as soon as I. His marches are expedient to this town, his forces strong, his soldiers confident. With him along is come the mother queen, an arte stirring him to blood and strife. With her, her niece, the Lady Blanche of Spain. With them, a bastard of the king's deceased and all the unsettled humours of the land. Rash, 
inconsiderate, fiery voluntaries with ladies' faces and fierce dragon spleens have sold their fortunes at their native homes, bearing their birthrights proudly on their backs to make hazard of new fortunes here. In brief, a braver choice of dauntless spirits than now the English bottoms have wafted o'er did never float upon the swelling tide to do offence and scathe in Christendom. The interruption of their churlish drums cuts off more circumstance. They are at hand to parley or to fight. Therefore, prepare. How much unlooked for is this expedition? By how much unexpected. By so much we must awake endeavour for defence. For courage mounteth with occasion. Let them be welcome then. We are prepared. Peace be to France, if France and peace permit. Our just and lineal entrance to our own. If not, bleed, France, and peace ascend to heaven. Whilst we, God's wrathful agent, do correct their proud contempt that beats his peace to heaven. Peace be to England, if that war return from France to England, and there to live in peace. England we love. And for that England's sake, with burden of our armour, here we sweat. This toil of ours should be a work of thine. But thou, from loving England, art so far that thou hast underwrought his lawful king, cut off the sequence of posterity, outfaced infant state, and done a rape upon the maiden virtue of the crown. Look here upon thy brother Geoffrey's face. These eyes, these brows, were moulded out of his. This little abstract doth contain that large which died in Geoffrey, and the hand of time shall draw this brief into as huge a volume. That Geoffrey was thy elder brother born, and this his son. England was Geoffrey's right, and this is Geoffrey's in the name of God. How comes it then that thou art called a king, when living blood doth in these temples beat, which owe the crown that thou o'ermasterest? From whom hast thou this great commission, France, to draw my answer from thy articles? From that supernal judge, that stirs good thoughts in any breast of strong authority to look into the blots and stains of right. The judge hath made me guardian of this boy, under whose warrant I impeach thy wrong, and by whose help I mean to chastise it. Alack, thou dost usurp authority. Excuse. It is to beat usurping down. Who is it thou dost call usurper, France? Let me make answer. Thy usurping son. Out, insolent. Thy bastard shall be king that thou mayst be a queen and check the world. My bed was ever to thy son as true as thine was to thy husband, and this boy liker in feature to his father Geoffrey than thou and John in manners, being as like as ring to water or devil to his dam. My boy a bastard. By my soul, I think his father never was so true begot. It cannot be, and if thou wert his mother. There's a good mother boy that blots thy father. There's a good granddam boy that would blot thee. Peace. Hear the crier. What the devil art thou? One that will play the devil, sir, with you. And I may catch your hide and you alone. You are the hare of whom the proverb goes, whose valour plucks dead lions by the beard. I'll smoke your skin coat and I'll catch you right. Sirrah, look to it. If faith, I will. If faith. Oh, well, did he become that lion's robe that did disrobe the lion of that robe? It lies as slightly on the back of him as great Alcides shows upon an ass. 
But ass, I'll take that burthen from your back or lay on that shall make your shoulders crack. What cracker is this same that defs our ears with this abundance of superfluous breath? Louis, determine what we shall do straight. Women and fools, break off your confidence. King John, this is the very sum of all. England and Ireland, Anjou, Touraine, Maine, in right of Arthur do I claim of thee. Wilt thou resign them and lay down thy arms? My life as soon. I do defy thee, France, Arthur of Bretagne. Yield thee to my hand. Not of my dear love, I'll give thee more than e'er the coward hand of France can win. Submit thee, boy. Come to thy grandam, child. Do, child, go to it, grandam, child. Give grandam kingdom, and it grandam will give it a plum, a cherry, and a fig. There's a good grandam. Good, my mother. Peace. I would that I were low late in my grave. I am not worth this coil that's made for me. His mother shames him so. Poor boy, he weeps. Now shame upon you, whether she does or no. His grandam's wrongs and not his mother's shames draws those heaven-moving pearls from his poor eyes, which heaven shall take in nature of a fee. Aye, and these crystal beads heaven shall be bribed to do him justice and revenge on you. Thou monstrous slanderer of heaven and earth. Thou monstrous injurer of heaven and earth. Call not me slanderer. Thou and thine usurp the dominations, royalties and rights of this oppressed boy. This is thy eldest son's son, infortunate in nothing but in thee. Thy sins are visited in this poor child. The canon of the law is laid on him, being but the second generation removed from thy sin-conceiving womb. Bedlam, have done. I have but this to say, that he is not only plagued for her sin, but God hath made her sin and her the plague on this removed issue. Plague for her and with her plague. Her sin, his injury, her injury, the beadle to her sin, all punished in the person of this child, and all for her. A plague upon her. Peace, lady, pause. Or be more temperate. It ill beseems this presence to cry aim to these ill-tuned repetitions. Some trumpets summon hither to the walls of these men of Angers. Let us hear them speak, whose titles they admit, Arthur's or John's. John was written by William Shakespeare. It starred T.J. Lee as John, Katie Herbert as Constance, Christopher Courtney as the Bastard, Mimi Brown as Louis, Andrew Faber as Philip, John North as Arthur, Mary Hall as Eleanor, Hannah Rogers as Blanche, Alan Curtis as Chatillon, Andrea Richardson as Salisbury, Amber Kendrick as Austria, David Alt as Robert, and Teresa Ross as Lady Falconbridge. Title music was by Dream Cave, additional music by Epidemic Sound, and sound recording by Gareth Johnson. It was produced and directed by Dario Knight for Unbound.